In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet that got fired from WWE for having a Twitch stream. I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I'm joined by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? We we were hired from WWE at one point. And then fired. And then fired. I mean, it was all the same day. Um, And we don't actually even have a Twitch stream, so it's really fucked up. (laughs) That's our bastards. (laughs) Also joining us, our brother from up north, RCMP JLB. What's going on? What is happening, everybody? It's your boy, RCMP, Justin, JLB. I'm good, guys. I'm good. You know, same, same, same corona stuff that I'm doing, wearing the mask. Well, I'm not going outside, so I'm just suffocated with no mask on, still washing them hands, washing that body, not necessarily practicing social distancing indoors because I'm with Fam Jam, and the Fam Jam is good. But um, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I'm doing. And uh, being very upset with WWE, but we'll get to that with our crime. Yes, I am sure we have lots to talk about. And we normally have three crimes, and I'm I'm hoping we get to three, but I'm pretty sure that one of them is going to take up a lot of our time. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll probably get into it. Before we do, though, I'd like to remind everyone that Raw and Order WBU is part of the Tatnisco Podcast Network. So once you're done listening to this, and of course, liking, sharing, and subscribing, all that jazz, head on over to tatnisco.com and check out the other shows on the network. Do it. But we'll go ahead and get into the crime of the week. Um, This is going to be the big one, I'm sure. Uh, We'll have other crimes, I'm sure, but this one will be the one we'll talk about. And that is Zelina Vega fired from WWE, um, apparently mostly over her Twitch stream. Now, there's other things that play into it, and we'll talk about those, but the insiders are reporting that most of it was her refusal to get rid of her Twitch stream, which we talked about, actually, a few weeks ago on this, when they uh, made their change in the rules uh, requiring people to get rid of their Twitch streams. We said what will happen, what's going to happen, is someone's going to call them on this, and they're going to either have to fire someone or go back on their their edict. And Zelina Vega was the one who chose to call them on that and say, I'm not getting rid of my Twitch channel. And they ha- were forced to either man up and, and fire her or go back on their edict. So they fired her. Um, and, you know, I mean, here's the deal. As the way it stands right now, they have the rights to fire her for this, right? Um, do I think it's shitty? Yes. Um, do I think their whole Twitch stream thing is just a shameless money grab by them? Yes. Um, do I also think the fact that she immediately tweeted out that she supports unionization um, is also vindication for our other prediction that this is going to be the catalyst that that Vince McMahon doesn't want to see happen? Yes. Probably. So do we know if she got fired before or after that 
we don't know for certain, but here's here's what it comes down to. Moments um, apart. The tweet was 10 minutes before the news of her firing got out. Um, corporate structure, it is very unlikely, just from a corporate structure standpoint, that they could move that fast with firing someone. So uh, all speculation is, and Meltzer has reported on this, and Alvarez has reported on this, that the tweet came after she was informed that she's been let go because of her Twitch stream. Um, That she got let go, and her first thought was, fine, now I can finally speak out about unionization. Um, We don't know for certain, and we might not ever truly know, you know, the uh, terms of her firing are probably uh, litigated in her contract that she's not allowed to say exactly what led to her get firing. Um, that's not uncommon, but but it's only for a specific amount of time, right? That well, yes and no. That there are um, certain amount of NDAs in these things that they're not allowed to talk about certain things. So. Um, and you've seen it in other people who were let go. They'll get cagey around things when asked, you know, you were fired for this. And they'll be like, listen, I don't want to talk about this or that. Often that's because they have an NDA that says you're not allowed to talk about it. NDA stands for non-disclosure agreement. Yeah. Um, so, like so that's not, yeah, forever. NDAs can be forever. Um, for instance, ever, 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 ever. Um, I, I can say that years ago, and I'm talking almost 20 years ago, I participated in beta testing for a major software for a major computer manufacturer in America. Um, and I had to sign NDAs for that. And the terms of those NDAs said, I cannot talk about what I did and what I saw in those ever. Now that software has been out for 20 years. We're on version 20 of that software. They've even moved on to not using version numbers anymore of that software. But by NDA, I cannot talk about the stuff that happened in that. Now, would they come after me now for talking about it? Probably not. I could probably say exactly what company it is and all that stuff because the stuff that happened in that NDA time is probably common knowledge now. But from a legal standpoint, that NDA still covers. Uh, And I would assume that they have NDAs written pretty similarly for a lot of the stuff that happens there. Trade secrets and so on and so forth. That being said, uh, the NDA does not cover her talking about unionization. Um, And it does not cover what will probably come from this. Because here's what it comes down to. We're going to see a a domino falling effect from this. There are already other people who were unhappy with the way WWE was treating this Twitch stream stuff. Twitch and Cameo and all of that stuff. Um, And this is potentially the start of a, I hate to say a war, but a labor war that could happen out of this. Now, what I see happening first is people who are unhappy and who've wanted to get out of their WWE contract so they could go someplace else um, will see this as a, a open door, right? Yeah. You know, hey, all I have to do is violate this Twitch stream thing and they're going to fire me. 
here's the deal. Uh, we've already seen that WWE doesn't like releasing people if they ask to, right? How many wrestlers over the last couple of years asked to be released from WWE and were told no? How many of them then later got fired for something else? Yeah. Mike Bennett is a really good example of that. He asked to be let go and they told him no. So he kept on working for them, all that stuff. And then when WWE decided they were done with him in the pandemic, shit can. So uh, I would see that someone who is less than happy in WWE right now feels trapped by their contract, would see this as, hey, all I have to do is violate this Twitch thing and they're going to let me go to send a message. Don't violate this Twitch thing. To me, this will open the door to a lot of other wrestlers choosing to get fired. But even more than that, this is opening the doors to unionization litigation. Um, and the simple fact is, we know for a fact, I mentioned this, that Zelina Vega has been in contact with the chairman of the Screen Actors Guild. Uh, the, those of us who are a little bit older remember her from her time on Beverly Hills 90210. Uh, she Ooh. has been the chairman of... Oh, Gabrielle, and I can't remember what her original last name was. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Screen Actors Guild Chairman, because I have to <laughs> look it up because I can't currently remember. President is currently. Um, oh, that's right, because they changed their name, so I have to go to that article for. This is riveting. Uh, Gabrielle Carteris is her name. Um, Who did she play? Andrea. Oh, okay. Uh, But anyways, um, and the reason I say we know that she's, Zelina Vega has been in contact with her is mere moments after being let go, uh, of course, coming 10 minutes, the announcement coming 10 minutes after she posted she supports unionization, the president of SAG tweeted at Zelina Vega, DM me, I'd like to talk, or something like that. Uh, oh, so, here's the deal. Uh, you done fucked up, Aaron. That's yeah. what the deal is. That's what the deal is, because ultimately, Vince McMahon has floated along flaunting the, the rules with classifying his employees as independent contractors for a long time. And he got by with it because they kind of live in this weird we're not screen actors but we're also not athletes but we're also not not movie actors sort of a thing mm-hmm. uh, but but as of right now WWE's entire income is based on television televised events right so these these independent contractors are effectively actors on television shows um, this opens the door to to unionization which is the thing that vince mcmahon does not want more than anything now here in america it is not uncommon for companies to frown upon their employees talking about unionization right um they are not legally allowed to stop you but they are legally allowed to fire you and so i used to work 
for a fairly large online retailer that I guarantee you bought something from. Um, <laughs> and they had signs up all around their warehouses that basically were like, if you see someone talking about unionization, report him to your manager. Um, and they, they would put it up like, we think unionization is bad for everyone. We don't think it's the best thing for our employees. Um, but in reality, unionization gives the employees power that they don't want the employees to have. Right. And uh, WWE does not want its employees to have unionization power. But this is opening the door for unionization. And I think we talked about it when they first announced these rules. And we said, I don't think this is going to end the way WWE wants it to end. And so vindication for us. I mean, <laughs> yeah. not yet. Of it. Well, I mean, look, but at the end of the day, essentially, do we know? So, yeah, but because we know Japan has New Japan has that right they're in the sense that they're under contract they're not necessarily unionized but they're under a contract and they're not noted as independent contractors which obviously varies from WWE because they're the exact opposite they're independent contractors AEW is essentially independent contractors yeah AEW runs kind of a weird hybrid sort of system most of their wrestlers are just still considered considered independent contractor um but many of their wrestlers have a second contract with (laughs) as another thing like for instance cody is has a contract as a wrestler and then a second contract as an evp right uh christopher daniels has a contract as a wrestler and a second contract as talent relations um Brandon Cutler has a contract as a wrestler and a contract as um, costume designer, right? So so that's kind of how they skirt things is because their contract as a costume designer or EVP or whatever is an employee contract, which then grants them rights as an employee and protections employees. But other people have contracts that are just strictly independent contractors. So this will affect AEW too, right? They're not out of the woods on this and frankly um i think while aew would prefer there not be unionization for exactly the same reasons that wwe doesn't want it for exactly the same reasons that mlw doesn't want it exactly the same reasons that nwa doesn't want it uh it will open up the things and i think AEW's in a better position to to adapt to it mostly because their management structure their ownership structure is based off of nfl and and professional sports which have unions so tony khan already has experience dealing with a union that vince mcmahon doesn't have at all right so i think tony khan and aew could pivot to a unionization structure way quicker and easier than wwe could um, I mean, WWE already was struggling with the um, rules in California that redefined independent contractors as employees um, and trying to figure out, do I do we just not wrestle in California because we don't want to be called employees? Well, this will be effectively making that a moot point 
because it would go all over the place. You pull the Joey, I'm so proud of you. A moo point, you know. It's like a cow's opinion. Like a cow's opinion. Point. <laughs> but I I think uh, like we predicted, this is opening a door that Vince McMahon would rather stay shut. Um, we do also know that Paige is seriously talking about it because Paige was unhappy to close her Twitch stream. Um, but she apparently did, um, at least temporarily. Now, with any service like Twitch or Facebook or TikTok or whatever, there's often a way to temporarily close your account without fully closing your account. And so I would bet every single one of those wrestlers that closed their account didn't really yeah. close their account. You know? Yeah, they just deactivated it or something like that. Um, deactivated it um, with the idea I that... I feel shocked that because Selena Vega was still being used, right? And she went to go about it and said, screw it, like whatever. <clears throat> I'm still keeping it open. And then, you know, when she got the news and then we saw, I don't know if you guys had saw it, but we, uh, she went on Twitch, uh, and started talking about it. She was gaming for two hours or whatever. She was more talking to us, but, uh, and she was just, you know, she was, she felt, uh, sad. She was incredibly grateful for the time that she had and so on and so forth. Um, but it's just mind boggling to me that, you know, someone like Zelina, stood up for it no problem but someone like Paige who was more like completely disappointed who um you know wasn't on TV obviously due to her injury and so on still managed to still shut it down um well that was interesting to me that there are a few things with a person like Paige that does complicate things in her situation <laughs> um, unlike Zelina Vega Paige is not an American national, right? So her ability to stay in the United States very well might rely currently on a work visa applied for by WWE. Oh, no. Um, okay. Whereas Zelina Vega's American. So she had a little bit more freedom in this to, to say, hey, I'm going to do what I want because what's the worst they can do? Take away my birthday? Um... And so what did they do? They took away her birthday. Away her birthday. Uh, but Paige might be currently weighing situations of if they do terminate me and cancel my U.S. work visa, what are my options for staying in the United States? Um, or are my options move back to England? You know, I mean, the simple fact is Paige overseas in England could immediately take over a uh, her dad's independent company and make it a pretty big deal over there, right? But I don't think she wants to run a small independent wrestling promotion in England. I think, I, ideally, I think she wants to come back and wrestle at some point. So, you know, she might be weighing situation of how long does my visa allow me? How much overlap is there from when they let me go? You know, I've got a 90-day no-compete clause, very likely. Is there any overlap from when that leaves for me to start working at another company? Is well, there... For her sake, she has applied for a citizenship then. Or I don't know why she hasn't for... She's been in the United States for quite some time, too. 
with a work visa, let's say. So I imagine within uh, that time frame, she could have applied well, for with, Without getting too heavy into immigration in the United States is uh, fucked up. That's what it is. Oh, now we're, we're hard yeah. R. It, it um, takes you. It takes years to get it. I get that, but she's also been in the WWE for it, what ten years. It's it's more than a time situation. It's it's a time and expense situation, right. and there's even more to it than that. Uh, my sister-in-law is not originally from the United States. Um, it took her almost ten years to get her official residency green card um, versus her visa. That was originally a student visa, and then <laughs> she got married to an American citizen, my brother, and it still took seven years after that for her to finally be official here. And thousands upon thousands of dollars and hundreds of appearances at different immigration courts uh, for it to finally happen. And immigration in the United States is a whole, whole lot of red tape. And I'm not saying that it's impossible to get over, because it is. My sister-in-law eventually did it. Uh, Paige could eventually do it. But it also takes a massive investment in time. Right. And uh, with her previous touring schedule with WWE, um, yeah. they don't really have a whole lot of time to do a lot of this stuff. Um, there's also some other things that play into it, right? You can become a legal resident um, in one step, which actually, to to go into this, my sister-in-law is not actually a citizen. She has not gone through naturalization, which is another step after all that. She's just a resident, a legal resident, right? Because the United States requires you to swear off your citizenship in any other country when you natural, right? So if for her to become a United States citizen, she would have to swear off her British uh, citizenship, which a lot of people aren't happy to do. You know, they're proud of their heritage and where they come from. Uh, there's lots of financial reasons to keep dual citizenship or citizenship in, your, in uh, a different country. Um, if you moved to the United States from Canada, there's a lot of reasons you might want to keep your Canadian citizenship. Medicare. Um, and so uh, so those might play into why she hasn't gone for citizenship. Now, again, she could have gone for legal residency, um, but there's also reasons she might not have done that. As far as I know, and I'm not like an expert in Paige's situation, as far as I know, she's never done anything like that. Um, okay. But reasons, who knows? Right. But, but I'm just saying that the, the whole staying in the United States might be a thing that affects Paige that doesn't affect Zelina Vega. Um, it also might play into why Zelina Vega's husband, Aleister Black, didn't immediately go and figure out how to get shit canned himself. Because he, unlike Zelina Vega, is not an American. Right. Not a born American. Um, and so he would have to jump through a lot of the same hoops that my sister-in-law had to, to to be yeah. here permanently. Yeah, his is mostly, um, mostly paperwork stuff, though. Paperwork and expense. It's, it's different than, yes, and expense. Uh, it's different than pages in that page. He he is guaranteed so long as he fills out the paperwork, he's guaranteed for it to be approved. Um, his he would need a sponsor organization or sponsor business um, 
or he, I'm sorry, hers, Paige would need a sponsor organization um, for a work visa um, to maintain that path, to keep working on that path. Uh, whereas Alistair Black's sponsor is his wife automatically. No ifs, ands, or buts. They are married. Now, That's that being said, Paige very well might be in the midst of doing all this. Like, just because she's under a contract with WWE doesn't mean she hasn't put out feelers to AEW, NWA, MLW, yeah. um, someplace like that saying, hey, if I were to be released from WWE, would you be interested in me in some respect? Would you be willing to sponsor my work visa to keep me here? And off the record, because it's illegal... I would be interested in sponsoring Paige the same way Zelina sponsors Alistair. You know, <laughs> off the record, you are welcome to do that. I would love to have her as a guest on this show. Yes. I uh, cannot financially sponsor her. Um, I think she can handle the financials part, but I would be more than happy to sponsor her in other avenues. Yes. So... So that's that's part of the thing with Paige. But here's the deal. There's a lot of other wrestlers for WWE that don't have that work. Um, you know, wrestlers who have been less than happy in WWE for the way that they've been used. Uh, people like um, Chad Gable, maybe. Uh, I mean, we've said before, Chad Gable could go to AEW and be just an absolute rock star. Um, so hold on Let, let's let's use that as an example so let's pretend that say there's a wrestler who doesn't really have a justification for say a twitch page keep in mind wwe wasn't stupid enough or wasn't smart enough to go you know what just this particular avenue they also weren't smart enough to shut down all particular avenues which Zelina took advantage of and opened an only fans which is a photo release website we'll say um it's a privatized porn site is really what it is but she she did she did her modeling photos there so um but let's pretend for a moment that we're we're using chad gable as an example and 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 he's not good at video games so twitch doesn't make a lot of sense they opened another avenue by 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 attacking the whole cameo thing Mm -hmm. like he can immediately produce income by doing cameos for a buck a pop and and get fired yep you know because it's it's also going to be part of what seems to be relevant to wwe is how much they're making well but here's the deal is wwe's wording named specific avenues cameo and and twitch but didn't name some other avenues but also implied that it was about any any, any place that you could earn money um, outside of WWE, right? Which means he could create a Patreon, you know, and say, sponsor me on Patreon and, and I'll, you know, do weekly Ask Me Anythings or monthly Ask Me Anythings. I'll do prize giveaways to my Patreon fans where they can earn signed Chad Gable stuff. I don't you know? know how that works alongside Brock Lesnar's shorts. And I know that that sounds weird, but Brock Lesnar got sponsorship from Jimmy John still. Mm-hmm. Well, I would assume that Brock Lesnar's sponsorship with Jimmy John's uh, for his shorts, that his contract also includes some sort of kickback to WWE for it. But yeah, you know, See, that's, there's that's the smart move for WWE. Hey, we're going to we're willing to manage these for 10 percent to go into more of an agent mode rather than to go in a you can't do it without us mode. Yeah. 
Well, we'd he, like to help you guys set up your secondary sources of income. Yeah, I mean, like no, no doubt they're they're handling it wrong in many respects. Um, like I say, this was really a cash grab from WWE because uh, if they take over the cameos entirely or the the Twitch streams or whatever and run them entirely, then by contract it goes with their downside guarantee, which means. Uh, now that they're not doing live shows, which is another thing we'll talk about a little bit later, um, <coughs> they they literally can count Cameo income at the WWE Cameo or Twitch income through the WWE Twitch against the person's downside guarantee and say, hey, uh, you know, we don't have to pay you anymore for doing this stuff because it's so- part of the contract. What about a commission structured systems like, say, something that we have, YouTube? We aren't monetized. We won't be monetized because we use the F-bomb too much. But um, what about something like that? Again, the way that WWE has been going at it, it looks like they're taking all of the monetization um, and applying it to the person's downside guarantee. And it's only income above and beyond their downside guarantee that they get a share. That's begging. That's begging for a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. 100% is. No doubt. Unless they start doing production on it, that is begging for a lawsuit. And yeah, they could have definitely went another way with it. Um, like, I get there would be a standpoint where, hey, we're not going to be doing live shows for a while, so we have to figure out something how you would get your downsides side guarantee sort of deal. Because at this rate, they were just giving free money, right? Because it's not like... They were giving free money to the people they weren't choosing to use. That's their own fault for not using them. When you signed the contract, you said, I'm going to use you. When you didn't use Zack Ryder, that's your own fault. Yeah. yeah. And in reality, this is this directly goes to um, their hoarding of talents over the years because they didn't want them to go to competitors, right? When AEW announced that they were being formed, WWE went into a signing spree and started signing wrestlers left and right to contracts only to keep them away from AEW. There were a lot of wrestlers that WWE was not using that got contract offers or were already contracted they got contract extinction offers purely to keep them away from AEW i.e. Um, FTR yeah FTR uh, the good uh, brothers the good yeah, brothers both of those had got a, really good extensions yeah. and they got let go and the good brothers had a legitimate offer from AEW good brothers were good friends with the young bucks uh, going back to their new japan time and they had a legitimate offer from AEW that they chose to turn down because of the huge money offer WWE gave them. And then WWE eventually shit-canned them. But by that point, AEW was established enough that the idea of of signing the Good Brothers wasn't as big of an impact as it would have been six, eight months earlier. Uh, and AEW had a lot of money already tied up in contracts to people that they, you know... Didn't know if signing the Good Brothers at that point would be the best thing. Now, will the Good Brothers maybe eventually end up in AEW? Possibly. But have they gone on the record to say that they regret turning down the AEW contract additionally? Yes. They, you know, them signing the the big money offer from WWE turned out to be a bad choice for them in the long run. So, um, but this is, like we said, this is just opening the doors for people like 
Chad Gable to just find a site, a loophole that's not currently officially banned, sign up and start making content for it, and then get fired over it, and then sit out your 90-day no-compete and then go to another place where you'll be used and, and be treated well and not be called Shorty G. I don't know if that's something he's against or not. I'm not going to I'm not going to make an implication on that. Whether he's against it or not. Uh there's no argument that that Shorty G was a horrible use of him, right? Oh, he I, might I wouldn't agree with that. Great just... con, but but I'm just throwing him out cuz you know, reports have it that he's been less than happy with the company. Um and they definitely don't use him up to his his top but even people like we mentioned alistair black you know, well and there's a there's a personal piece to that you know there here's the deal is if my wife and i worked at the same company and they shit canned my wife i'd be finding a way to get fired too i'm not gonna stay with a company after they treat my wife like that yeah, he, yeah, uh, especially if you have a contract well and especially if they did it to send a message to everyone else yeah. fuck you i'm not your message to be sent i'm an employee I'm a person, so, um, and that's why I I would anticipate now this is just the first domino to fall that we will within the next few weeks see another domino fall, and then we'll start to see some some repercussions this happening. Uh, Zelina Vega will find a job somewhere, no problem. Um, Fourteen thousand people were watching her live. I'm sure she'll do just fine with Twitch. Yeah, she'll be yeah. fine with Twitch, but uh, you know, Impact Wrestling has already shown that they're Twitch friendly, and she'd be an excellent fit for their women's division. AEW so far has been fairly Twitch friendly. In fact, they made big jokes about it with Kip Sabian's Twitch stream, and she would be a benefit to the AEW women's division. Um, oh, and absolutely. New Japan, not New Japan, uh, NWA right now has a women's division that's that's really good and could use a big signing. Impact, ROH. Ring of Honor could use a big signing. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of places. And like you say, yeah, her Twitch stream will generate income. And so she she's going to be in a good position where she can take the best option for her rather than just whichever place offers me something. You know, she'll be able to sit back and entertain offers and be like, I'm not going to take the first one. I'm going to take the best one. But yeah. um, but in the end, this is the start of some dominoes falling. And with, if the final domino is unionization, um, that's the way I suspect it aiming. But I could also see Vince McMahon seeing the writing on the wall for that and doing everything in his power. To, to rectify the mistakes. Yeah, rectify the mistakes so that it doesn't happen. I mean, we've known the lengths uh, Vince McMahon will go to stop unionization uh, going back years ago when he kiboshed it with the help of Hulk Hogan. Uh, uh, you know. Are you, are you telling me that you're a fan of, uh, of uh, um, Jesse the Body Ventura? Not a fan of him as a whole, but <laughs> I'm a fan of unionization, and you know when you when you send your lackey to kibosh unionization, that obviously tells me that you're afraid of it. So this does bring up a mildly, uh, mild. Well, for Hogan, it was <laughs> if these guys get unionized, I have to pay them more money, which means I have to pay you less. That's that's the conversation that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, 
the the mildly political piece to this is that unionization because I know that we have some significant conservative audience and I'm going to prov- provide that conservative view because um, I, I think as a whole um, most of our fans know that we have have on the political spectrum our own stances here and uh, that that there's a a conservative podcaster and, and two uh, more left-leaning or liberal uh, podcasters involved in this. So I'm going to go ahead and provide the, the side that I'm supposed to provide here. Unionization is not always a bad thing. It was, it certainly, certainly was not a bad thing uh, in the 1940s, 1930s when it was saving people's freaking lives. Um, it wouldn't certainly not be a bad thing in India today um, when it would protect children. Uh, you know, there, there are there are times where they where it's been a, a a poor thing in the 1960s uh, unionization kind of went too far one way or another um, when we talked before the podcast um, Smarks mentioned you know the police unions provide too many protections sometimes to officers um, the, uh, the there are unions that go too far this isn't about going too far this is about right now in this particular industry, we've got the industry having more power than it should. Um, this would be the this is the equivalent of doctors not having to have um, malpractice insurance because they're they can't get sued. Um, no, doctors have to have malpractice insurance because they can perform malpractice. Um, they, they can literally not just make make uh, do their jobs correctly and still not save a life. Um, they can make daft mistakes. And what's happening in, in the wrestling industry is the biggest dog in the fight is is suppressing its its uh, talent. Um, I'm not a fan of of the concept of forcing Vince to to provide health insurance. Uh, I am a fan of unionization. Hey, here's the deal. This is this is what everybody gets because we provide our own transportation, our own hotels, our own this, our own that, our own this, our own that. We also expect to have an income to cover things like when I snap my leg in the ring um, and it ends my career. You know, we can have those types of conversations at the same time as I also, you don't own 100% of my likeness. You own, and that can be part of the contract negotiation. You own 100% of my wrestling likeness. You can own 100%, and that I think would be fair. I think it would be fair to say, you know what, you can't be Ric Flair, woo, cameo, um, if you're under contract from WWE. That's a fair statement, because Ric Flair, woo, is a (laughs) professional wrestling persona. What would most likely come from unionization in terms of wrestling would be they're still considered independent contractors, and therefore they have control over where they work, when they work. Yes. Yes. Um, Which would also mean they have control over their likeness. Just like Tom Cruise uh, is a member of the Screen Actors Guild, um, he can work on whatever movie he wants, whatever movie he wants, right? But when while he signs a contract movie, while he's doing that movie, that's the only movie he does. Yep. Right. That's the only movie he does. He's movie. still allowed to do other things. 
but he also still is Tom Cruise when he goes on a TV show. Correct. He still Correct. is Tom Cruise when so, he's interviewed by E News Tonight or or whatever. To use um, to use a name in the wrestling industry that everybody knows, The Rock and all things The Rock related can be WWE's property and Rock gets his percentage and WWE gets their percentage. Dwayne Johnson is 0% WWE's property. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but even more than that, here's the deal from a union standpoint, if there had been a union, The Rock would be Dwayne Johnson's property because he created it. He True. came up The Rock. He, came, he even came up with Rocky Maivia. Uh so those would be his his thing. However, he could be the rock but he could never be WWE's the rock because WWE owns the rights to WWE, right? Um yes. but that's my point. Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, that's not his real name. You know that. Uh that's his stage name. He registered it as his stage name. He can use it when, wherever he wants as his stage name. Um you know, he he might be in the latest Mission Impossible movie. He's contracted as an independent performer in that movie, but he can still use his name, Tom Cruise, wherever he wants because True. it's his union name, right? And that's what it comes down to is a, that's the most likely outcome. Unionization where the, the performers have more control over their own likeness and all of that stuff. Um, and also more control over where they work and when they work right if wwe is choosing not to use them for six months they'd be like well i'll get a job someplace else wwe's not using me right um now it would inherently change contracts for wwe because you would no longer have two year long um downside guarantee contracts <laughs> like they have now you'd have pay or play contracts right that would be effectively like what you have in in Hollywood, um, and even in lots of sports. Right, a lot of sports people get pay or play contracts. You know, you pay me X number of millions of dollars for the year, and you either use me or you don't. But I get that money. Right, uh, Tom Cruise often has pay or play contracts for for movies. A lot of actors do. Where I sign this contract, if the movie even doesn't get made, I still get my money because I signed onto this contract. Uh, and so what would go away is two year long contracts or four year long contracts or five year long contracts replaced most likely by shorter term contracts that are one season long or a six month arc in WWE, you know, where um, we're guaranteeing you to come along for this, but it would give the wrestlers the power to uh, be able to do what they wanted when they wanted um and if they felt the wwe wasn't using them properly they'd know the end of their contract is coming up and they'll go someplace else um it also would eliminate probably eliminate 90 day no competes um there might still be some sort of no compete on them but no competes are notoriously uh tough to enforce really if they go to court they get thrown out all the time because by law you can't tell someone they can't work right um wwe gets around it because they typically pay them for that 90 days um that's kind of incredibly short well a lot of places like in in my career um which you know those of you who've listened know i'm not actually uh 
uh, policeman. You know that, right? Um, what? I, I <laughs> phone. That's my real career. But okay. a lot of cell phone companies have no compete. Uh, let's say for 30 days after you leave working here, you can't go to one of the competition. Uh, typically, that's only the big guys or the really little guys that have those sorts of things. And a lot of them don't, but some of them do. But 30 days is the more or less standard. But in the end, that's the reason 30 days is, is a, a fairly standard because no one's going to be able to go to court over a 30-day no-compete clause. By the time they actually even get into court, the 30 days is almost up. Correct. And then they just go over their job. So no one ever fights them. 90 days is worth fighting sometime. And so I honestly wouldn't be surprised if that's the next shoe to fall from this with Zelina Vega is her arguing that the 90-day no-compete is foul. Oh, I mean, maybe she won't fight it, though, because, uh, you know, she, I'm sure, is making a lot of money from Twitch because, man, with that 5000 that we saw on that day, all the people that were just sending her money, whatever they call it, subscribes money or whatever. I don't know. I don't use Twitch all that often. But, uh, and like, she was so grateful, whatever. I'm like, yo, how much money is she legit making? Like, I think she's good. She's probably going to make more money than she did in WWE, for crying out loud. Just off Twitch. Maybe not. As I don't know. the The thing is with Twitch, um, she'll she'll make a decent amount of money. I'm not trying to say she won't, but with Twitch, um, it's not guaranteed, right. and and that's something that she might need a little bit more security on. Um, yeah, I'm actually looking up uh, Twitch Twitch monetary terms <laughs> and stuff. Um, so it looks like. In Twitch bits, which is what they have, it's about a hundred bits per dollar. So if sen- someone sends her five hundred bits, that's five dollars, effectively. Um, but I, I, the big thing I, I got to look is because a lot of places take a cut. You know what I mean? I don't oh, know specifically sure. Twitch if there's a huge cut on it or not. Um, well, it's a decent enough cut. Uh, it's maybe along the side of what maybe YouTube would give sort of deal. Well, you know? so- I, I know um, from from conversations I've had with TikTok creators that TikTok takes a really large amount of like a large percentage of donations that go through TikTok. And so a lot of the TikTok creators turn to companies like Twitch to do their live streams and monetary stuff because Twitch takes less but I'm trying to figure out exactly how much if it even has and I'm Either not finding exactly what it is so um, so you can subscribe to a channel and you get a portion of the subscription but how much I'm not exactly sure I'll have to I'll have to do some more research but no I, I don't doubt she's going to make some money but in the end a lot of your Twitch, the Twitch stuff, like what you were seeing there is donations, which are one-time things, not reoccurring. And so she's got to continue to do Twitch streams and continue to garner the same level of donations to keep that up. Um, and from someone who was making seven figures, six high six figures probably, uh, in WWE, it would take a lot of that to keep it to the same. Uh, no, for sure. And he's still looking at it. <laughs> I'm actually looking at salaries. See if that's out there. So Zelina Vega, 
Um, of course, because contracts are not 100% open. Uh, but they're saying on here on this site that the WWE uh, salary is starts at 500000 and uh, up to a million, depending on your level. So she's probably closer to that 500000 likely. But she's also got uh, endorsements from Trifecta Nutrition, Nails by Leishka, and Ten Hair Care, and Jessica Angel Collection. So those are definitely going to affect things. And those are going to stay there for the most part. However, you know, again, if she's not in the public eye, those endorsements will start to dry up, you know? Um, so that might also play into why she she was wanting to keep her profile higher than just a Twitch streamer to keep those endorsements. Um, not saying that Twitch streamers can't, uh, can't get endorsements, but they typically, they're not going to get the same level of endorsements as a WWE star. Um... Oh, this will probably be a little closer. This actually paints. Unfortunately, I think that statement that you just made right there might have made a little bit of Vince's argument. Well, no, Vin, Vince definitely can't just get. Yeah, I again, I think that there's something to be there is something to be said for Vince, and I'm again, I'm not endorsing him whatsoever. Um, but what I am saying is, write better contracts then. If that's yeah. the case, write better contracts. Contracts that that have a downside guarantee, but you're required to do cameo, um, uh, uh, or the same downside guarantee. I mean, if you're making a million dollars a year, okay, here's your million dollars a year. No ifs, ands, or buts. You're gonna get it every single time. Um, by the way, you need to do cameos anytime we ask you to do cameos, um, or whatever it may be. You know. Um, write better contracts if that's the case don't just come in and go oh you found a way to make money i'm taking that away you know the, the smart move is not to tell everybody to shut it down it's to tell them as their contracts come due you know off the record this is the, what i'm willing to do and oh by the way since you have a second source of income now here's your lower downside income downside guarantee because i'm not reaping the benefit of that that income it, if he if he had done it intelligently he'd have done it patiently yeah now to to go back to what i was saying about her contract it is worth to import in, that her salary that i was quoting is overall including probably merch sale uh oh. according to a lot of reports in 2019 the highest paid wwe women's wrestler was ronda rousey at about 1.5 million Charlotte Flair was making, uh, salary-wise, not counting merch sales, just up front, about 550000 and it went down from there. So Zelina Vega wouldn't have been above that no. in terms of sal- um, no. this last year. She wasn't at that level. But, <clears throat> but that and, and said... I, and I wasn't saying that she doesn't deserve her income. What I'm saying is, again, write better contracts, man. Well, and that's going to be, that's basically what I'm saying. That's going to be a domino that falls on this, is WWE will be forced to write contracts that give their contracted employees more freedom, either more money or more freedom to make money. Correct. It, it's, that's really what it comes um, yep. If If he's going to write contracts that force the employees under their 
rules to make cameos and all of that stuff, then then the contracts have to be more beneficial for the wrestler. If instead he's going to back off, which I would anticipate that's what ends up coming out of this, is him backing off the cameo Twitch stream just entirely. And at most saying you just can't use your WWE name on it. But I think if he, especially if this goes to a court, he's going to quickly find out that that judges are going to side with um, a person's ability to earn money. Sure. And and his ability to say, no, you can't earn money will be drastically reduced because of it. So now that being said, I don't know that Zelina Vega is looking to, to court, right? She very well might not be. She might just be trying to plan her next move, whether, whether it is staying with Twitch. I would anticipate. I mean, she's a former TNA knockouts champion. Um, she's got ties. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. She she wrestled in TNA. Oh, what was her name in TNA? Let's see if I can find it here. Um, boy, I'm glad I cut out silences when I edit this stuff. Yep. <laughs> Selena Vega in TNA. She was there from 2011 to 2013. She wrestled under the name was it Rosita? No. Oh, I do remember that. Sarita. Sarita was what you Yeah. Or oh, no, Rosita. Excuse me, Rosita. Um as the cousin of Sarita. Um, Part of LAX. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but and I guess maybe she was just knockout tag champion, not knockout champion. Yeah, knockout tag champion, but still She's got which, which I'll point out. Um, Impact Wrestling just brought back the Knockouts Tag Division. They're having a tournament as we speak for the Knockouts Tag Division. So, um, former Knockouts Tag Champion there in 90 days will be able to wrestle wherever. That could be a big get for Impact. Yes, and she already has history there. Why not? It also could be a big get for AEW. I mean, don't get me wrong. We we've talked about this and. D.A. Fabe and I are both on the side that Impact Wrestling, not Impact, uh, AEW's women's division is vastly improved over what they were a year ago, but that doesn't mean that they're perfect yet. That doesn't mean that they're finished. They don't have any work to do. And so a uh, Zelina Vega showing up in the AEW women's division would be a big get too. <laughs> yes. Wrestling under whatever name she wants to wrestle under. I mean, to be fair, any woman going to AEW would be a big get for AEW. <laughs> Obviously, I'm still not a fan. I don't know. They're not doing much. I just need some excitement in the women's division. Like, it's just not happening. Well, in fairness, again, I say this about AEW's one. They got hit by a lot of injuries in a very short period of time that forced them to have to punt. Uh, AEW just signed a new wrestler this last week, um, and I'm totally forgetting her name. But she came out and talked smack to Cody and then talked smack to Brandy. And so uh, she's being put straight to the top there. Um, and uh, and I was excited for that. I was like, all right, cool. She has pretty good mic skills. So I'm excited for that. Yep. Um, she's definitely got a good look. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of things. But, you know, they they had uh, in in AEW a, uh, a superstar in the works with Chris Statlander. And then she tears her ACL and she's out, you know, Chris Statlander would be the face of the women's division right now. Had that not happened. Um, 
Britt Baker have Asian and it, well it isn't it isn't I mean she was being set up to be the face of the division that's the the path that she was on she was set up to be in a feud with Britt Baker who was the other face of the division uh, Britt Baker got injured then Chris Statlander got injured that's the way they were definitely going and then they had to punt and suddenly the two biggest stars in their eyes Britt Baker and Chris Statlander were both injured now Britt Baker has started to come back to and so we'll start to see more from her but uh, but in reality they got hit pretty hard right off the bat with a couple of their biggest names that they were planning on getting sidelined right when they needed them um, I'm not saying that that's their absolute best I think I really think they need to put more uh, into Big Swole. I think Big Swole has a lot of potential for them. And they had her have a little short feud with Britt Baker when Britt Baker was mostly injured. And then haven't really seen anything from Big Swole since then. I think that's a mistake that they're doing. For sure. Um, I, I like Hikaru Shida. And she had a great showing against Nyla Rose at the last pay-per-view, Full Gear. But uh, speaking of the women's division, Nyla Rose has been basically non-existent ever since losing the title. And that's that's a stra- strategy mistake there. I'll agree there. That well, I mean, have... the thing with Nyla Rose though, like the problem is, it's not convincing to make her lose because you can't make her win. We know, we already see that she's would be able to demolish. Aside from obviously Sheeta, she's never winning against her. Um, but there's nothing they can really do with her, and just because there's not enough, uh, there's not enough talent there for her to go through. And then once she does go through everyone, aside from Sheeta, of course, um, you know, it's not gonna do anything for them. So I understand why they're not using her. They need, you know, a lot more people, women to be there, and a lot more. She she would have to help out the roster in terms of if they beat Nyla. Or her Netflix, so so. The, the thing with a, a beast like Nyla Rose is she's she's really well used to uh, build herself up as a monster and then give someone a monster win, right? But they're not using her at all. They're not building her up as a monster. They're not even using her on Dark, destroying a bunch of nobodies, uh, which is what they really should have her do. It's what they did with Lance Archer. Right. Have him show up and come out on Dark for for two months and destroy nobodies and, and set him up as a monster. And they're just not doing anything with Nyla. And I know they've got a storyline, something brewing between her and Vicky Guerrero. Um, I would assume it's going to end up with Vicky Guerrero choosing a new client and then Nyla having to beat them. But so far, they haven't done that. But, nope. but anyways, Zelina Vega would be a big get no matter where she goes, period. Um, back to our original conversation. Uh, so I guarantee you she's got feelers out with all of the wrestling companies. Um, you know, about is there something I can do? Do Is there interest there for me? Um, and I, if you were NWA or Impact or Major League Wrestling or Ring of Honor or AEW and Zelina Vega called, I'd pick up the phone, right? Do you think that'll say Zelina Vega on our caller ID? Is that why you're saying you'd pick up the phone? No, I'm saying if you're... She left like a message. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I would would probably look at it and say, Thea Trinidad who? I don't recognize that name. And then she'd leave the message and like, oh, oh, no, I'm calling her back. (laughs) Because let's be honest, I don't pick up anyone's phone call. I gotta be honest with you. Like, oh, no, screen them all. 
DA Fabe can comment on that. Screen them all. I remember when you got your screening service and you were like, I just wanted to see how it worked. You're kind of a dick. Yep. It's fun. I always say there's two types of calls I don't answer. Uh, those that I don't recognize the caller ID and those that I do recognize the caller ID. <laughs> yeah. Except for your wife. You answer that every time. Well, yeah. But frankly... We text message more than anything. I, I got to be honest. <laughs> I probably would be absolutely fine if my phone didn't actually have phone capabilities. If it was just texting and internet, that's it. Holy. I, I not think would it would affect you. quit me. acting like you're 12 and act like you're in your 40s like a grown-ass man? Uh, I will not, number one. And number two, I have to remind you that when I was... Uh, younger, I lived down in New Orleans for a year, and I had to get a bank account down there. And I went into the bank uh, that was closest to my house, this bank called Hibernia. Um, and I said, okay, I need to start up a, a bank account with you guys, because the bank that I had before I moved there was not available in the area. And they said, okay, we have two options. We've got uh, checking that is $10 a month and it gets you this and this and this and this and this. And then we've also got a checking that is uh, $10 a month, but we waive that fee if you never talk to someone. And I said, give me that one because I will never talk to you guys again. And it was simply, it was free checking as long as all you use is an ATM or online banking. I'm like, fine. Uh, I can't believe they made that a thing. <laughs> yeah, it was literally free as long as you don't bug us. I'm like, you've got a deal. Give me that free checking. I just signed up for new car insurance today online because I didn't want to talk to my insurance agent. Yeah, it's good. There's more to that story, but it's not worth actually talking about on on this. It's boring. But anyways, <laughs> but your agent isn't open on Sundays. About, hmm? Your agent isn't open on Sundays. No, it it has more to do with um, why I needed to get insurance today. But like I said. It's a boring story. It's not worth talking about on here. We can talk about it afterwards if you really want to know. No, I want to go to bed after this. So, <laughs> but on that, I'm done about Delina Vega. I think we're all in agreement that uh, this is this is the shoe dropping that uh, will come back to haunt Vince McMahon. Um, he will look. He'll back. either say he's wrong or he'll lose money because of it. He'll look back on this day one way or another and think to himself, we could have handled that different one way or another. Whether it was I hope he, he's doing it already. Whether, whether he admits he's wrong or he just looks at it from a standpoint of, you know, that cost us money. Uh, we'll find out. But I know just for a fact that this will be the day that he thinks to himself, yeah, that was a miscalculation at best. I think he's just going to end up... Like, I don't think it's going to lead to, uh, okay, all the wrestlers are now going to get uh, unionized sort of deal. It's going to lead to a give up in that way, any way, shape, or form. Um, I just think Vince will just end up firing a bunch of people and then that's it. And then he'll right his wrong and start perhaps implementing okay, on your next contract, though, you're going to have to do these many cameos. And, you know, and we get but this and so much down to in in your situation uh, he's still firing people and he's still creating a reputation for himself and that's a potential 
balance of power in the industry swing, especially if your competition like AEW, your biggest current competition, steps up and says, well, we're not going to do things that way. We're going to do them this way in a way that makes employees happier. Um, This is a balance of power swing. So Mm -hmm. if this was 10 years ago when he really didn't have any competition, when Impact Wrestling, TNA Wrestling was his his only real competition in the United States. And even on its best day, Impact was never a a solid number two sort of a thing. Uh, That's one thing. But he's he's got a he's got a real potential competition. You know, the Khan family is actually worth more than the McMahon family. Uh, right. In terms of money, the Khan family could buy and sell Vince McMahon. And that's something that they never had. Dixie Carter didn't have that sort of money. Uh, the Jarrett's, when they founded TNA, didn't have that kind of money. There's never been a time in TNA's history where financially they could hold a candle to Vince McMahon. Uh, Impact Wrestling could potentially do it if they chose to. Uh, and that's where it comes down to if Vince McMahon doesn't handle this the right way, competition can come in and handle it in a way that the uh, talent approves of more. And that could be a balance of power swing for wrestling. So that's why I say, I, whether it goes all the way to unionization or not, I agree, it might not. But even if he just chooses to start writing his contracts differently, right? Mm-hmm. And AEW stands up and says we're gonna continue to let you do twitch and cameo all you want and not restrict you one way or another Mm -hmm. Uh, suddenly aew looks like a lot more viable option than they were before and suddenly you start having people who normally would have given wwe preference over aew if only for prestige and i grew up watching wwe thinking to themselves but in AEW, I can continue my Twitch stream and I can set myself up for a future. That's okay. a balance of power. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, and 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 I don't know that Khan's going to throw money and personal money at people. Um, he may very well say, I'm giving you a platform. That's why I'm not paying you as much as Vince. Yeah. But That's even a negotiation saying, tool, either way. Giving if you a you're Brock Lesnar, you don't want to do Twitch and all, all that stuff. So then your contract gets negotiated different than, say, I don't know, Zelina Vegas. Yeah. Mm. And that's the deal. It's like, you know, there, there will be those people who just want the biggest contract, like a Brock Lesnar. Um, yep. But there are also the guarantee. I want to know that I'm going to work six days this year, and that's it. And I'll be in shape when I get here. And you tell the storyline without me, and that'll be the end of it. And if I don't want to lose, I won't lose. Okay. Um, oh shit! You bringing Hogan back to wrestling? <laughs> uh, Brock Lesnar has refused to lose before, but that's the side. John Moxley. But at the same point. Uh, you know, Brock, you've also got Xavier Woods, who yeah. very famously understands that his time in wrestling might be a minority of his adult career. Adult career, right? Uh, and, and maybe his gaming is. I mean, if we're honest about this, we're in our forties. We know that there are guys who um, made made money back in the Halo days. 
that cannot make money in the Fortnite days mm-hmm. and won't make money in future game days. Yep. And there are Fortnite guys right now that are still making some money, but their money has gone down from when Fortnite was really big a year and a half ago. Well, and that's yeah, where... Keep Xavier in mind, too, though, Xavier Woods plays a bunch of different games, though. No, it's and not... I understand that. But, but at a point, he's going to be 45 or 50, and his hand-eye coordination, his reaction time that makes him a good gamer will be lesser than up-and-comers. But that's why Xavier Woods has built a brand not based on him being a great gamer, but by him being a great game fan. Yes. Yeah. Great game persona, right? That's why he has things on his up, up, down, down channel that were based entirely off of let's bring a celebrity on and play a game with them. And that's yeah. what it came down to. Now, keep in mind, uh, Xavier Woods. Um, whatever. There are people who make money off of just doing board games with people. Uh, uh, Wes. Uh, Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Wes Crusher is what I was going to call him. <laughs> Will Wheaton I makes mean, money almost entirely off of playing RP or, uh, yeah, role playing games and tabletops. That's it. In fairness, that's one of the many things he does. He also also reads audiobooks, like he narrates audiobooks a lot. What I'm um, saying is, is his like, he has a channel exclusively dedicated to those two things. But that Xavier Woods. Now keep in mind, Xavier Woods, the the real person, actually has a degree in economics, if I'm correct. Um, and so it, he's set himself up as a businessman. And so, yes, Up, Up, Down, Down is video game related, but he is not a professional gamer. He's a businessman whose channel centers around games, right? And so he'll be able to have a Twitch stream or a YouTube channel as long as there are video games. He will just uh, pivot to talking about the games more than playing them. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Twitch, Twitch. And, And he gives great gamers a platform. Hey, phenomenal gamer, would you like to meet um, this celebrity on my show and play a game against them? And yeah, we know you're going to win, and the celebrity knows you're going to win, but it gives you a chance to get some platform for your channel. (laughs) Now, that being said, it is also worth keeping in mind that Twitch as a platform is not based necessarily on watch the most competitive best game or best gamers, right? Um, there's already, there's a sport of Major League Gaming where it's all about who is the best video game player. But Twitch isn't about being the best. In fact, some of the best, some of the most profitable Twitch streamers are not the best players because Twitch Twitch is based a lot on personality. Mm-hmm. You can have, you can be a not great gamer and have a good personality and get popular on Twitch. Um, heck, because Twitch does streaming of the person's face, there are very profitable Twitch streamers who are bad video gamers, um, but they are, shall we say, attractive enough to garner a regular following of people who just like watching pretty people, right? Uh, awesome. <laughs> and and again, uh, looks are something that can also fade with age, but setting yourself up to have a potential future career when your body can no longer handle wrestling um, is important in this day and age. Or a a platform for your voice in that particular area. You know, one of the things, uh, two of us who are in our 40s, 
and one who is in his 30s are doing a podcast right now, not necessarily because because it's an income a significant income source it's because we're passionate about it and to take away that passion that that these wrestlers have because they're not just passionate about your product well i'm sorry man <laughs> like that's gonna happen if undertaker releases a show about motorcycles people are gonna watch it yeah well and he here, a, 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 a perfect example right now is kane now I'll show this. Yeah, if yeah are you going to tell him that he can't be a governor or yeah. a, a mayor? Yeah, you, you can't get into politics because you're a wrestler. We're not going to let you. Um, well, but I want to. Nope, you, you got to continue to be a wrestler, but I'm like 50. <laughs> uh, well, once a wrestler, always a wrestler. Yep. You know, or, or JBL. Made a lot know. of money on, on being a... Uh, an investment analyst. Analyst. Yeah. yeah. What? What if WWE had come to JBL back in 2001 and said, "Hey, uh, we know you're doing some some stock trading and stuff like that, but uh, you're a contractor for WWE, so we need either control over your stock trading or or a cut of your stock trading." Do you think JBL yeah. would have put up with that? I mean, well, I, I think might... that's totally different, though. No, because with stocks you need your real name and everything like that, so you're not using. Oh, I'm JBL. Da da da. I'm stock. Zelina Vega wasn't using her Zelina Vega name on. Yeah, yeah but she's using her. Like this is it goes back to exactly what we talked about already. Your wrestling persona is owned by WWE. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely fine. But he's not making money off his likeness or his name at all. He's not using his face. JBL. To make well, not for stocks. He absolutely did. Maybe not, I was on the stocks. stock shows. But he was on the shows, and he was announced as WWE wrestler John Bradshaw Layfield. Oh, snap. Okay. He was on Mad Money in CNBC talking also about his stock stuff. Yes. So I understand the non-moonlighting aspect of things. No, you can't do indie shows. Okay. It's not the route AEW took. It is the route WWE has taken for years. That's fine. But this isn't... They aren't sitting in back going, Hey, um, my match is going to have to wait. I'm in the middle of the game. No. I mean, if it's interfering with your job, just like if it's interfering with your job now. Smarks just had a revelation to all of our all of our jurors out there that, yes, Smarks is not actually a detective in real life. Smarks is a cell phone salesperson. And if he's sitting at work and recording a podcast, you know what they're going to do? Hey, get off your podcast. Same with my job. They're not, they're not going to let me sit there and record a podcast at work. They're just not. <laughs> and But along the same lines, my job cannot come and say to me, hey, you can't record a podcast in your free time because... You work you for be. us. Yeah. They also, but they can absolutely look at him and say, hey, you can't go work for cell phone company down the road mm-hmm. because yeah. it's not in our best interest because you might say, well, the deal's better over there. Come see me tomorrow when I'm there. That's it. And 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 that same moonlighting rule exists in, in my real life profession in the auto sales industry. Um, absolutely. You cannot. I, I can't go work next door for a day. <laughs> like, and that's okay. I'm not upset about that. If I was to be told I can't do a podcast with my best friend and a schmuck from Canada, 
Um, uh-huh. I'm glad you clarified which one was the best friend there. So. <laughs> <laughs> and also developing into a great friendship. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I, I would look at him and be like, try me. How are you going to prove? Yeah. How are you going to enforce that, man? And or so, if they were to say, you can't trade stocks on Robinhood, you're wrong. I can't. Watch. <laughs> but, but look, this leads to a bigger picture, though, right? Because there's a lot of companies who will legitimately fire someone who has something on their social media, right? That might be slanderish, that might be uh, not necessarily saying anything bad about the company, but just slanderish in some other way, type, or form. So that's maybe kind of the role that WWE is taking with that. Like, hey, we don't want you to say something. But but here's the deal: is that's Until a very dis- the crime very is committed. Po- you can't you can't you More can't convict somebody for murder because they thought about killing their neighbor six years ago. Yeah, but if you're a WWE superstar and you write it and you write it on Facebook, oh, I want to kill Donald Trump, WWE is most likely going to fire you. But again, you're talking about them punishing someone before the crime, saying, oh, you might say something on Twitch, so we're going to take away your Twitch. That's different. Yes. Right? If they give Um, away storylines, if they. Now, there is in every profession, jail, uh, JLB. Yeah, JLB. Sorry, I almost called you JBL. JLB, in, in your profession, your real life profession, mm-hmm. if you said, um, and, and I'm trying to, remember, you're, I know you're in customer service, uh, phone phone based customer service. If you said um, every single customer I have is an effing tool, and then you drop the name of a customer, yes, they can fire you. Right. But if you say, I had this guy today and he was a tool. Okay. Yeah, but so you know, what? I don't even go that route. I don't even, I will not no, say don't. anything. But, but no. if yeah. people do, that's a different story. That's what I'm saying. The important thing here is you're arguing uh, about WWE being worried about what someone might say on whatever platform, right? Twitch or right. whatever. But here's the deal is. They 100% have the right to enforce things on Twitch. If a wrestler uh, of theirs is on Twitch and says something uh, that is either detrimental to the company um, or just considered in poor taste or trade secret, they 100% can fire someone under any of the rules, right? If Tom Cruise is on an interview for Mission Impossible 12 or whatever it is, and he says, and, I die in this one. Yeah, he says, I die in this one. Or he says, the Jews control the global built, you know, banking economy. Mission Impossible producers have every right to still fire him for it, right? There's nothing different that doesn't change anything. This is about them saying, hey, Tom Cruise, you're not allowed to have a Twitch. Um, yeah. Hey, Tom Cruise, you're not allowed to go on Ellen. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to go on Ellen. You're not allowed to talk to E! News. You're not allowed to. Jump you're not allowed to have a sponsorship with whatever that clothing company is that you really like, because you might, in one of their ads, say something we don't like. So, so right and now, it's interesting it's- you bring up the jump on couches. I don't know if Smarks heard you there, but the jump on couches did cost him a contract later on in another movie. Oh, okay, yeah. So, yes. When he when it was a bad Im- impression given, now Mission Imbos- Impossible kept him, but he did end up losing a contract in another movie because it gave a bad impression of 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 the what 
they thought the movie would do. So they went and got another actor. And I don't remember what the movie was. It doesn't really matter. But yes, there are people who didn't say, who said, I don't think we want Cruz for this role because he's a crazy Scientologist. People said that out loud. And that's the deal is, so you're saying this opens up a can of worms by potentially they could say something on Twitch that WWE doesn't like. Um, but in the end, WWE has the authority to let someone go over social media, whatever. They always have, and they always will. Just like my job technically could say, Casey, you said something on your podcast that we didn't like, so we're going to let you go. In, wow, you in, even released um, your name tonight. I did. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to back that up. <laughs> Uh, my job could say to me, you know, Smarks, you said something on your podcast that we don't like, um, and we're going to let you go. Um, they, they're well, 100% in their rights. In the state that we live, it's a right-to-work state, effectively. You know, they can can let me they go for pretty much any reason. Yeah, any reason whatsoever. Any, and that doesn't any reason change. that it's not illegal to fire you for. The mm. fact that you're black, they cannot fire you for. Um, and if there was, if there went as far as there was a union, there would be some restrictions to that. But every union contract also includes a um, either a morality clause or a public appearance clause, yeah. right? I mean, that you have to behave in a way that does not denegrate the company. Period. A, a really good example is these speaking out things in, in wrestling. Absolutely, they can fire you if they find out that you've legitimately done something in these yep. categories. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is, if it doesn't affect the company at all, mm-hmm. who cares? Yeah. Because here's the deal. They own their likeness. They own that face. The Miz owns that smug, smarmy face. <laughs> he also owns the name Mike Mizanin. And if he so decides to do a television show where there's, I don't know, it's just a cheap knockoff of Wipeout, which is a cheap knockoff of Double Dare, <laughs> which is a cheap knockoff of whatever else is a is an injury-based show, um, which are all cheap knockoffs of a j- Japanese version of them. And if he so decides to do that under Mike Mizanin, you can't stop him. The only reason that Miz and Mrs. would ever change its name is if he stopped being part of WWE and and so WWE wasn't part of it and it'd be Mizanin and Mrs. Like, that's a show that it, that E is going to want to keep. And they're going to go, and well, okay. In fact, I'm going to have to do some looking. Uh, Mike Mizanin might actually own the rights to The Miz. Might. Oh, I, don't, cool. I, I don't know for certain. But... Um, the long story with The Miz was he got a start on Real World, MTV's Real World, and eventually and he went to be a professional wrestler. And he wanted to be a professional wrestler, and he eventually went on to the challenge, their Real World versus Road Rules Challenge series. And during that his time on there, he talked about how he wanted to be a professional wrestler, and he debuted his gimmick on there. Which was The Miz and I'm Awesome, if I remember right. Which was The Miz, and it was a very, very bad rock knockoff. I mean, if if you go back and find the video of it, it's 100%. He just based his whole personality on The Rock, uh, but it was The Miz. The Miz says, I'm the best in the world. The Miz says, you know, whatever. But so, 
I I can't guarantee, but because of his use of it before WWE, he could have trademarked it himself, possibly. Possibly. Uh, he also could have, because it was recorded, in effect created a copyright just just by the existence of that video occurring beforehand. Now, if he signed off with WWE on being called The Miz and they threw a trademark in the clause and he didn't catch it, they own the trademark. I don't know for certain. It could go either way, but there's a chance. Yeah. I have a friend who wanted to create a cartoon for Lorne Michaels and sent off two letters. One of the cartoon to Lauren Michaels and one to himself. And that was all he had to do so that Lauren Michaels couldn't steal the concept. It never made it, but... It wasn't the ambiguously gay duel? No, it was the obstacle. It was an eyeball testicle. Sounds like a winner there. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Anyways... We've talked for a while on Zelina Vega. Did either of you guys have crimes to talk about? Honestly, that was my that was the only crime I could really think of um, that I was kind of going to do, but I figured you were going to do it. So no, not really. I mean, uh, that was pretty much the big news of the day of the week, rather. Um, yeah, no, no dice on my end, Fabe. Uh, I have I have a, a cold case. Okay. Uh, yeah. Self-mutilation is uh, is probably a bad thing. Here's looking at you, Mick Foley. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've been on our botulon craziness. Oh, holy cow. The chair shots. So many chair shots. Yeah, and, and you didn't even watch the I Quit cuffs. match. What? Yeah, and you didn't even watch the I Quit match with The no, Rock. No, we we have already done um, sat, ne- this coming Saturday's episode. As as most people know, those are actually recorded in advance, whereas these are recorded live. Um, and uh, uh, the chair shots from from the Triple H. Triple H. Oh my god! I was like, why? Why do we keep doing this? Like, I don't. I don't. There, it's just like the I Quit match. There's handcuffs involved and shots and shots, shot, 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 straight to Mick. And I'm just like, why does this continue to happen? Why? Why? Yeah, a lot of people give the Rock crap for the number of head chair shots in the I Quit match, but I, I 100%. But four months earlier, forward. yeah. Foley obviously says he's okay with it. Now, now, is it maybe the WWE's responsibility to make sure that, you know, you're not committing brain suicide on your employees? Probably. Um, but, and they don't but do it, it now. And so that, and they, they have made now. that adjustment. But. Yeah. but at the time, Mick Foley 100% signed off to 18 chair shots to the head. You know? Um, Go ahead, JLB. Correct him. It's 11, actually. 11 shots. <laughs> no, not even. I stand corrected. It's five shots. shots to the head, 11 shots in total. Cheer shots. Um, I was referring to the rock one. Or are you talking about the... No, no. I was referring to the rock one. Oh. I did my research yeah. on that one. Yeah. He's pre-researched quite a bit for, for this um, without watching And then we didn't, even, we didn't even do it. And then he's like, oh, let's do the Triple H one. I'm like, but I did my research on the other one. <laughs> 
Well, so it, I'm already it looks for that. like we're probably going to push into December with this. There's enough good ones um, oh, left sure. to do. There, there's, yeah. I mean, we're we're three weeks recorded, and uh, three weeks. Uh, I really think we're going to get six weeks out of this. Oh, for sure. And it's going to be the well Christmas episode will be the one that that hopefully Smarks will be on. Yeah, it all depends. I, <laughs> really depends on who wins the the yeah. Survivor Series. Right, frankly. As of right now, there's a chance that neither of us win because uh, <laughs> we haven't been picking particularly well on the. I think I think Buddy's gonna be the fourth, the fifth man. Maybe not, but it'll be Buddy or Ray. Either way, the winner gets the. We'll just say the whoever wins because you chose Raw and I chose SmackDown, right? So whoever wins out of that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's looking like whoever wins. Or, I mean, because like, the eliminations are kind of weird since our picks aren't the greatest. So yeah. it's really whoever wins the actual match. That's the uh, that's the go-getter the, right there. The only other crime I'll have is if you want Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns, just leave the title on Drew McIntyre. Like, if you're even going to remotely sell that, they should have just left the title on McIntyre and take it off of him at, at a different pay-per-view for Morton. Yeah, like why was Randy Orton even involved in getting the belt then? Well, yeah, that's uh, the deal. Is I, I think it's gonna end up being uh, a triple threat. I, I think they're gonna put Orton and. Uh, but then why not have Orton on SmackDown to do that? You know, you just had McIntyre there doing that whole thing. So I'm like, okay, so then McIntyre is just gonna win, you know? So I don't know. I, th- I think there's going to be shenanigans. In fact, either, either you're selling us a storyline you're never going to do, which will piss me off, or you did something you shouldn't have done to begin with. I think what they're leading up to, frankly, is because uh, there's going to be a match coming up here with Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. I think uh, I think Roman Reigns is going to interfere in that match, um, costing drew mcintyre the shot but then they're gonna make the ruling that because of that it's now a triple threat at survivor to raise the stakes for the survivor with with both titles on the line possibly they'd be trying to unify the titles now if either of the champions well i i would imagine they make it this way if either of the champions gets pinned the person who pinned them wins that title which could be possibility unification or there's but it also would lead to the chance that drew mcintyre could pin roman reigns and become the smackdown champion um that's just my speculation yeah because it feels like it feels like they are definitely chasing this edge versus orton thing Mm -hmm. for sure i also would love to see orton lose the title tomorrow to on, on the next episode of raw when he does face mcintyre and then a feud where triple h interferes preventing orton from passing him i was okay with you getting to the same level as me you can't pass me yeah that would be kind of fun yeah here's just hoping your foley matches can continue on enough for you to get to the no ropes barbed wire exploding death match c4 match from uh all japan for- pretty sure we're gonna do that one that's why I and said you know, it and you know when when you showed me that i was like well then you know it kind of makes sense that he's done all these other matches <laughs> yeah yeah we gotta do that one and we gotta do the flare match the first blood flare match yeah that's uh an impact apparently uh that looks yeah. pretty gruesome so i'm excited for that as well yeah. um but 
yeah i don't know i don't know what they're doing with um i guess one crime i would have to give is just totally not doing anything with um oh what it why am i blanking out on her name um the crazy girl there who is Alexa Biss's friend. Why is her name Sarah Logan? Lee. Oh, Sarah, Sarah Logan. No. 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 Nikki Cross. <laughs> Nikki Cross. That's um, right. Sorry. <laughs> I was so 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 intent on getting in first that I didn't get in correctly. <laughs> and that's that's what she said. Which um, is also what she said. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know what they're doing with that. Like it's so weird. And then she's like, Oh, so you have to choose now between me and the fiend. Well, I choose him. Like, no shit, Nikki Cross. Like, it's just stupid. Like, what were you doing with this? You weren't... This is nothing that was mind-boggling or storytelling at all. What are they going to do with her now? Like... Yeah, well, in reality, they should have just dropped the Nikki Cross as her best friend as soon yeah. as they decided to put her with the feet, you know? Yeah, on that last... Should've, we should be like, uh, I, th- I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to go over here, Nikki. Or, uh, Lexi. Yeah. Or just put them on different shows. Yeah. Move the feet to Raw wait, and Alexa Wait Ron. a minute. There's not a viable path to do that. Yeah. How would you put Nikki on a different show? Yeah, it's not like you have like a draft or anything. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> but uh, no, that that's the deal, is it? It was just like this is an example. They were building up one long term storyline with Nikki and, and Alexa Bliss. Um, whether they had a long-term plan or not, I don't know. But then when they decided to swerve us with Alexa and The Fiend, they didn't have, as far as I know, they didn't have an endgame. Now, who knows? Maybe they're, they're building up to an endgame that's going to be Alexa versus Nikki for Alexa's eternal soul. Um, <laughs> but as of right now, it doesn't seem like... Uh, the, and, then, and then this is a... Are we ready for misdemeanors? Yeah, we're ready for misdemeanor. Okay. So misdemeanor, uh, Bailey, you don't just leave when somebody else attacks the person you want to attack for the title. Yeah. You just go, ah, shit, somebody beat me to it. I guess I'm going to leave. Well, yeah, this is a perfect example of what we've said before. Heels attack people regardless. Faces defend people regardless. So she's a heel. Someone else is attacking. You go in and start attacking too. Yeah. And then you attack the other person. And then you attack the other person. And then you're like, nobody beats you up line, like me. Bitch. Yeah. Get well, line, bitch. Here, and, and here's the problem with that. Because McIntyre is a face, and he done did that when The Miz tried to get one up on Randy Orton, right? So how McIntyre's do you... McIntyre's a tweener. Yeah. And on top of that, even as a face, you can argue that it's a... Uh, Randy Orton's mine because I, I still have beef with him. He's still, um, I beat him twice and he beat me once and now I don't get a title shot. F yeah. you. Yeah. F I you. See. F that. That's stupid. But, <laughs> but it still, it just comes down to Bailey walk away when your enemy is being attacked. That's not how heels work. Yeah. You either go in and get a couple extra shots in and be like, ah, oh, well, th- thank you for being my sidekick there, yeah. Mella. Or you stand there and watch her get attacked for a while and laugh. Yeah. And then after the attacker leaves, you go and get a couple licks in yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or when Mella says that it's going to be for the title, you go, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. What, no. because you attacked her from behind? You think you get a title shot? Yeah, Shut get up. in line. Get in line. Line starts here. Thanks. Thanks for taking care of my light work. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, 
that those are all things that work really really well uh, don't get me wrong I, I, I liked Mela as a champ before I'll like her as a champ this time um, I like new blood in the championship picture I think we've said this numerous times before I like when the when the title I don't think the title has to stay in one spot for a long time to legitimize the title I think the title has it is also okay for the title to quickly move amongst several very good athletes. And if there's one division that WWE has right now that it can move amongst several very good athletes, it's the women's division. And if you have to pull up a couple NXTs for a short while to do it, that's fine. But don't oh. pull them up like you did Bianca Belair. Pull them up and have them win, and then you can have them lose, and that's fine. Uh, the best era in professional wrestling history had the main championship moving about 20 times per year. This, and it included athletes such as The Rock, Stone Cold, Triple H, Kurt Angle, um, Brock Lesnar, um, uh, Undertaker, Mankind, um, uh, Kane. There was multiple athletes involved. And there were guys that popped in that weren't going to win the title. But for mm -hmm. the most part, most of them were guys that were going to win the title. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. 100% I mean, Early John Cena happened while all those other guys were still exchanging the titles, came in and did not beat uh, Kurt Angle for the title. He came out. out and said something really fun like, Ruthless aggression. <laughs> and then got beat. And then got beat. So it, in a related uh, misdemeanor, uh, I'm sending a misdemeanor charge out to whoever created Carmella's new outfit. <laughs> I'm proud of you for that. <laughs> fucking hideous. I mean, I would like to also send a misdemeanor to whoever convinced Carmella to get all that plastic surgery. Uh, that's been happening over over the course of years. Now. Oh, I know, but it's too much now. Mm -hmm. Like she looks completely fake, and I'm just like Carmella. You didn't need all this. Like why? Looking yeah. a little bit like little Kim. For me, it's it's the. I mean, frankly, she's one step away from the S and M gimp costume now. Um, <laughs> it's just red patent leather instead of black, and she just didn't need it. Like. I, I wasn't a huge fan of her one piece costume that she'd had for a while that was like a a single leopard print unitard sort of a thing. Wasn't a huge fan of that because it just looked like a generic swimsuit. I actually really liked her older costume that was the uh, fabulous two piece um, or the Jersey girl. Uh, Princess of Staten Island costume that she always had before. I thought that was a, a lot better of a ring look. This new one just it's it's bland and and then garish at the same time. I don't know if that makes sense, but like I didn't realize we were a fashion uh, podcast. We cover all things here. Mm. All things pro wrestling and <laughs> pro politic wrestling. Anyway. And we've talked about horrible ring gear before i'm looking at you natty nightheart <laughs> yep. yeah like the worst person to have an snm like she's so unbelievably boring and <laughs> like i do not believe you do this whole snm sitch like get out of here uh um, well I she also, also has the stupid cat ears because she wants to be like her uncle let it go 
But her uncle never had the cat ears. No, he had the shades that he gave to a kid. She gives cat oh, ears to a kid. Oh, right. Yeah. She also oh, has no. has that stupid guitar at the beginning that makes me think it's a Bret Hart every time it plays. Yeah. I also have a misdemeanor to throw out at AEW. Oh. Uh, this, is, this is not... This is something we've talked about a few times in the recent weeks, and so um, that's the only reason it's not a full crime. But god damn it, AEW. You have the NWA Women's Championship being defended on your show again this week. Uh, and as far as I can remember, we haven't seen hide nor hair of Hikaru Shida, your actual women's champion, for your own promotion since Full Gear. Yeah. Which... Mind you, is only eight days yeah. ago now. But still, you know, we we have seen the NWA Women's Champion more on your show since Full Gear, and even including at Full Gear, than we have your actual Women's Champion. Um, now, I'm not 100% complaining, but it still is like, God, jeez, why don't you put your own stars in this? We we said it before. We're all for partnerships. Um, and now we're realizing we're four partnerships so long as you're still you. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, yeah. So, the, so long I as mean, here's the deal. Kane and, and Daniel Bryan don't work if Kane and Daniel Bryan both become Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. And even more than that, it, it comes down to if you're going to have a partnership, the partnership has to go both ways. Which means if you're going to have the NWA Women's Championship being defended on your show then the AEW Women's Championship needs to be defended on NWA how do you know that it's not because I've I've been at least reading the results from NWA power (laughs) okay fair enough (laughs) Uh, oh I I also have another misdemeanor okay can we please stop getting wrestlers on Raw to stop making the matches like what's with AJ Styles all of a sudden just making all these matches hey I have an idea you guys all do a tag match and we'll be the referee I'll be the referee for and that's what's gonna happen like they're all mad about it but yet they still do it I'm like this this doesn't this is not believable to me everybody hates AJ Styles yet he's the guy calling the shots yeah they've the been match. on that path for a while on WWE and it all goes back to when they made the decision to not have authority figures on the show anymore uh, because once you no longer have any sort of authority figures, I'm not saying you have to have heel authority figures. You go back to the 80s, you had Jack Tunney, right? He was an authority Gorilla figure. Monsoon. He was a bad guy. Gorilla Monsoon. They were both authority figures. They weren't bad guys. They weren't good guys. They were just bosses who made the matches, right? WCW had the competition commission that they would always talk about. The competition commission had decreed that this match has to take place. It's almost that, like something like that exists on a WWE product right now. Yeah. All they a need guy to do. by the name of William. Yeah. All you need to do. Heck, put William Regal above all three shows. Yeah. Yeah. Sure and have him show up for a pre-recorded segment mm-hmm. every week like yep. he does right now. <laughs> and all it has to be is we, we've decided for this match to happen. We've decided that these matches are going to happen. That's about it. Right? Yep. Um... But there needs to be at least someone 
theoretically in charge. Now, AEW is walking a fine line with it because they've acknowledged that Tony Khan is in charge. They've acknowledged that Tony Khan is making the matches, right? But he is not playing a character on screen. And that's fine if WWE wants to do it, but you have to at least have someone in charge, right? Everyone has a boss, right? And so whether you make it, it could story- be a computer. Yeah, it could be just a computer that rings every once in a while and and oh, no. I have to oh, no. go up and Jesus. read off the screen. Or Todd Phillips, or whatever his name is. Oh, they yeah. definitely make Michael Colby the designated reader. We don't well, even know. Anonymous general manager. Uh, I really wanted Michael Cole to be Michael Cole to be the anonymous general manager. Yeah, that would have been cool. I wanted it to be like. No, I actually just decided it. I was the guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Make make the storyline that that heck I I would even make it where maybe there was an actual raw anonymous general manager but michael cole wasn't actually even reading any of his orders he was just making his own he was just going off script who's gonna stop me uh who's gonna know yeah the raw general manager says what do i want this to do i want the rock to fight mankind (laughs) it definitely would have gave cole some backbone that would have been cool well, if you guys don't have any more misdemeanors, though, I do have one commendation to talk about. Um, and the commendation goes out to someone we've already mentioned, Miss Alexa Bliss, uh, commending her on getting engaged today. Oh, yeah. Or yesterday, technically, I think. Um, as we were out two days ago. Uh, to Ryan Cabrera, musician. Couldn't yeah, I just wish he ever made out of a lineup, you know. Congrats, you know. Yeah, yeah. My my sympathies to all the wrestling fans slash Buddy Murphy. Slash Vincent K. Fave. And Officer Mark Smarts, <laughs> even though he's happily married. <laughs> I'm happy for her. <laughs> That's my only commendation. Could have been her. a contender. <laughs> I never could have been a contender. <laughs> I ain't delusional. <laughs> I am. You say that, but... (laughs) You can't use his lines. (laughs) Yet I just did. Wait a minute. You say that, but I 100% know I was never a contender. (laughs) I I have known that I was not a contender for someone like her since high school. Since high school. Wow, look at that. She was a nerd in high school, though. She was a nerd on the cheerleading squad in high school. She says she was a nerd, but she wasn't. Yeah. A nerd she was a nerd. nerd the same way that Taylor Swift was a nerd. <laughs> she I, got made fun of by people, but that didn't mean she was a nerd. Popular girls always think they're nerds. Uh, which is the deal. I'm, I'm a firm believer that everyone can be a nerd. Nerding is just about how, how you love something. In fact, you're listening to a podcast with three wrestling nerds because nerding is all about how you love something. But there's a difference in high school between someone who is popular but happens to like some nerdy things and actual nerds, right? Yeah, but I think she was a legit nerd because she used to play like Magic the Gathering and would even have cards and stuff. Like, no okay. offense, when who plays Magic the Gathering, my apologies, don't mean to call you nerds, but again, you were. <laughs> uh, there's still a difference between someone who plays Magic the Gathering and a nerd. And I'm I'm going to say this in terms of high school, nerdy nerdiness is about outcastedness, right? And 
I knew I played Magic the Gathering in high school, and I knew people who played it who were still fairly popular. And I also knew other people like me who played it and were not popular, right? Smarks uh, got kicked out of Magic the Gathering events. He was oh. such a social outcast. They were like, oh, Smarks is here. Damn, that's bad. No, I got kicked out of Magic the Gathering stuff because I was shit at it. But that's another story. <laughs> that makes um, sense. Um, you weren't even I, cool with the nerds. Jesus. Uh, Anyway, it, it comes up this. I, I tell this story as a total side of a thing. When I originally was playing Magic the Gathering, it was early Magic the Gathering, like first revision, right? I had I had beta cards in my deck, um, and oh. in the small town that I grew up in, I had a circle of friends who played Magic the Gathering, and I was one of the best of that circle of friends. It was a small circle. Um, I found out that there was a. Uh, comic book convention going on in the nearby a lot larger town than I now live in Omaha, Nebraska uh, that's considerably larger than the town that I was in and it was a comic book convention that included a Magic the Gathering tournament at it and I said who? I'm gonna go play at this Magic the Gathering tournament and I got there and I played and I realized that I suddenly went from being a big fish in a very very tiny pond to being a tiny, tiny, tiny fish in a very, very, very big pond. Um, and even if I was good enough to beat my friends in Podunk, Nebraska, when I got to big city Nebraska, and I use air quotes around big city, but that's another thing altogether, I was nothing. I was no. It is the 50th largest city in the United States, so don't... It's the 50th largest metro in the United States. Okay. Um, but still, I still use big city comparatively because if you're listening to this in Los Angeles, Omaha is like, not. Um, no, no. If you're listening like, to oh, this, do in they Houston. even have McDonald's there in Omaha? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys got indoor plumbing up there in Omaha. <laughs> yeah, it's like to be fair, yesterday, to be fair, it's a really lot cool. of American, a lot of Americans think that a lot of Canadians live in igloos, like it's a legit thing. And I'm just like, what do you guys mean? It makes no sense to me. But you know, if you don't know, actual thing said at my small college in Nebraska, uh, there was a my my freshman year, I was at, there was a communications class. Um, one of the guys that played football with us was Native American from South Dakota, and there was a young lady in the class who said, and he grew up on the res, um, and she said, so you guys like still live in teepees and stuff? And he was wow. like, you're such an ignorant bitch. Like, that's the exact words that came out of his mouth. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I legitimately got asked by people when I moved down to New Orleans, a significantly larger population than I was uh, I significantly got asked by multiple people if we had indoor plumbing in Nebraska wow. <laughs> and yeah, I usually answer yeah we just got it installed last week my parents are still figuring out how to do it <laughs> <laughs> we just I, I love sitting on that magic poop remover <laughs> yeah. so uh, great I don't have to carry up buckets of poop all the time anymore <laughs> no more outhouses for me <laughs> we ain't rich like them city folk. <laughs> Speaking of which, the people who might actually still have outhouses on their property, at least, not that they would use, are probably amongst the wealthiest in Nebraska. 
Because <laughs> we are an agricultural state. And that is your just uh, that is your FYI for the state of <coughs> Omaha. Uh, Omaha. Yeah. State of Omaha. Am I wrong with that? Am I mixing? Am I not saying that? State, okay. The state's Nebraska. Omaha's a city. Oh, my bad. You guys have like 52 of them. I get confused. Just don't talk anymore. Fair. Duly noted. Uh, how many provinces? Uh, hold on. I think I know this. 12 provinces in Canada? Technically, it's 10 and three territories. 10 and three territories. That's right, because none of it used to be part of the Northwest Territories and isn't anymore. It's actually a separate territory. Yeah. I forgot. You done forget. So when I was growing up, when I was growing up, it was 10 and 2. So I said 12. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Hey, some it's people sad that I know that much about your country, but you can't remember that there's 52 states or 50 states, and you said 52. Why do I fucking 52? me up now? <laughs> 52 states. <laughs> you think 52? Because that's what that's what uh, AOC wants to do. But we're not going to go into a political podcast. So <laughs> that's all of those, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. It's all the commendations and everything. Is that? I, I and, believe well, that's all. Commendation that. to WWE if what they're doing is taking the strap off of Roman, putting it on on uh, Drew McIntyre, and allowing Roman to go pure freaking heel without the strap, because that will be absolutely incredible. Yeah. You can give me Roman without the title all the way till WrestleMania, and have him really ham up the heel stuff. I'm all for it. Yeah, would be down with that too. Yeah, I'm not holding my breath though. Do you think he's headlining WrestleMania for the 17th time in a row? Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yep. Jeez. Pretty much. I, guess I mean, at this rate, last. It was only five in a row. The sixth, he actually got pulled from because COVID. So. Well, it maybe might be Taker because the reason why I say that is because they recently came out with a poll asking if Taker had one more match, who would you want to see him against? Now, granted, could just be a poll, nothing. Christ. But I'm just like, guys, why? But 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 he's actually retiring in Survivor Series. That's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. But he's not in a match in Survivor Series. No, he's not. But, but he's just, retiring. Just when you're retiring, that means no more matches. Well, here's the deal. If you have to go out on your back, he didn't do that in the in the Boneyard match. So yeah, nobody goes out on their backs anymore. <laughs> I feel like there was innuendos there. I don't yeah. know for sure, but I feel like there was. <laughs> you can take it however you like. That one definitely was innuendo. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that's what I would say if you tried to give it to me however I like. Oh, nah, you wouldn't. So this is <laughs> we know that for us, guys. Bad. Wait, what? Who do we follow? <laughs> okay. If we're all done with commendations and misdemeanors and everything, then we will start to wrap this up. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Whatever platform you use, there's going to be a, a like button or a subscribe button or whatever. You can also like us on Facebook. You can share us on Facebook or Twitter or TikTok or or uh, Parlor if you want to. I guess. Parlor. We have a Parlor now. We do not, but you can you can share us on Parlor if you want. I don't care. <laughs> um, I had to hear on my news feed about like 900 people been like this is my new parlor account i'm like what, what is parlor yeah. yeah it's basically a freedom of speech social media account now 
that's going against Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. So Trump could post there all he wants without being flagged, mm-hmm. essentially. Yep. And ultimately, that's the deal. Is Trump kept talking, and Trump's administration kept talking about reforming uh, the Section 230 so that they could go after Twitter or Facebook over over stuff. Uh, but Parler's the exact reason why they won't ever do that, because Parler's whole thing is we don't fact check, we don't censor things. You can say whatever you want. And if they got rid of Section 230, then Parler would be legally obligated for whatever anyone posted on there. Anyway, but that's beside the point. We're not talking about politics. I just said, if you want to share us on Parler, <laughs> feel free to. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Raw and Order WBU. You can follow DA Fabe at... DA Vincent K. Fabe. You can follow JLB at... JLB420. Real Talk Radio is ZBrand at Real Talk Radio 8. Anchor.fm slash RTR. RealTalkRadio.online because a .ca and .com are too bland and were unique like that. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And and by too bland, he means too expensive. Too bland. I prefer too bland. <laughs> Smarks, where do you come up with the crap you just sent us? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I can't. I just can't help but laugh. I saw just, it on Facebook and I had to say just, we only, we only had three F-bombs in this whole show, and you just want to hear me say, what the fucking fuck is this shit? Uh, 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 if, if you like this sort of contact, content, you can support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Raw and Order WBU, or you can buy us some merch from shop.spreadshirt.com slash Raw and Order WBU. Um, and if I could put what I just sent you guys on a shirt, I totally would. But I do not have the copyright over that, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't think yeah, I get I it. Can, I can draw horses from the front. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a looks like a fucked up white frog with a long face taking a dump. Could even be a cockroach because it looks like he has like eight legs. Yeah, like what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, I, I I can draw horses from the front. Totally. <laughs> is there is there any particular reason as to why the knight is down? Uh, probably because uh, storyline wise they had a joust and he lost. But uh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the horse is squat popping a squat on him. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're gonna keep talking about this. People are gonna go stuff. look that up, man. <laughs> Uh, uh, I might share it to Twitter. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We will see you soon with a visit from the FBI. Night shit. 